Okay, everybody. I have something really cool to tell you about. If you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain here. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. And then you can get started. It's really fun. We just switched over recently here at All Too Real 2, and I'm enjoying it so far. So be sure to check it out and uh, let us know what you think. Okay, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Cullen II, and with me via Zoom today is... Is Matthew, democracy is a good system of government, Haas. That's a really long middle name. Is that one word? Uh, yeah, it is. Just, Okay. <laughs> Kind of like a German word. It's just like a lot of different letters. A lot of different syllables and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you, uh, do you have to ever write that all out? Uh, Or do you, or is it just just, a D? I just do like a, yeah, D, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Something tells me that's not your real middle name. No, it's not. Uh, no, my, my middle name is Alan because my parents named me after. It's no one really just they just like the name i guess but uh <laughs> were, they, were they big flash fans and named you after barry allen oh not really i don't oh, think okay. so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um and they actually spelled it the way that i don't like it spelled either <laughs> so that kind of pisses me off a little bit because i like it because like on the you know like on the, the baha'i cards i don't know why i'm whatever you're gonna, you're gonna hear the word baha'i a few times in this um podcast right. but yeah uh, but um, you know, like on the high cards, they they have like your name on it, whatever. Yeah, they misspelled it as A L L E N. I actually, but mine was actually spelled A L A N. I don't like that. I, I like it with the two L's and the E. Uh, it's more elegant. So, um, so thanks, mom and dad. No, yeah, it's more. It's more. It's more L against. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> wow. So, uh, anyways, today on the episode, we have another all-too interview. 
Um, Matt and I talked to Amir Karangi, um, an actor who has appeared in... He appeared in 1989's Batman. He was in Night at the Museum, uh, Secret of the Tomb, uh, the TV show Scorpion. Um, he was in uh, NCIS Los Angeles in guest roles, guest role on Mom, um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Silicon Valley, Shameless, Dead to Me, um, Grey's Anatomy, NCIS. He was in the movie wow. Spree, which just came out uh, this year. And uh, you will know him probably best right now as uh, Saeed, one of the associate, uh, our Cloud9 associates on the TV show Superstore. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which he is hilarious on, in my opinion. Yes. Um, he, he was a great interview. Um, really nice guy. Very talented, too. He uh, took a lot, some time off of acting and stuff. He tells us a little bit about teaching and things of that nature, too. And um, learned a lot from him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good interview. If you if you got the time to dedicate to it, really, you should really listen to it just intently because he's a really good, very good storyteller. He's a little bit, um, he's a little bit self-effacing, humble and stuff yeah. like that. But he, he's really, really uh, talented and skillful at what he does. Yes. <clears throat> And we got some good stories here for you, and um, hope you enjoy this. Uh, right now, here's our interview with Amir Karengi. First off, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, what, uh, what, how's uh, life treating you these days? I know oh. the craziness of 2020. Uh, apart from the craziness of 2020, uh, life's treating me very well, actually. It's it, it's been it's been odd because you know. Um, you look at the negative side of what's been happening this year, which is horrendous. It's horrible for a lot of people. But I've been trying to make the best of it, really. You know, um, just just catching up with old friends on Skype. You know, because I've had more time. Well, yeah. A lot of us had more time, and and so it's given me an opportunity to catch up with all the things that you, when you're too busy with life, you ignore people that mean a lot to you and. So I've caught up with a lot of old friends. I used to live in the UK, so I've had a lot of Zoom calls with colleagues and friends in the UK. And so that's been that's been a, a positive reinforcement of, you know, that everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I have to. So uh, <laughs> so uh, where, where did you grow? You grew up in the UK or did you? No, 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 no. No, I... Uh, yeah, no. This is this is a crazy thing. No, I've had a very eclectic upbringing because I, <laughs> I grew up. I grew up up, up until the age of thirteen, fourteen. I grew up in in Tehran. Oh wow! Uh, in Iran, I know. And um, and then I uh, went to high school in Pennsylvania. Believe it or not, <laughs> uh, uh, and then went to college in DC, uh, and then went to. My wife's British, so. I, my wife that's why i went to uk gotcha. went to uk and then uh was there for 25 26 years almost working there most of my adult life really you know my work life and then came over here in 2011 oh. moved to la in 2011 oh wow yeah so i know so it's been it's very quite, you know what i mean i've lived lots of different places quite, that's a, right. quite a journey there yeah the um quite a journey how did you uh um when did you uh, get started in acting? 
Right. Well, I <laughs> my major my major at GW was pre med, <laughs> and but that was because it was a bit of a you know sort of almost like you want to call a family tradition a family sort of wish that you know that's what you do that's what you're going to go into. But then I found myself studying you know reading literature more and reading plays and being much more interested in theater and and i thought look i i just got to take some acting classes which is what i did and that was it i was hooked so actually i didn't start so much later i you know i think i was about mm, 18 19 however i started the, the, the st- uh, learning directing as well uh, studying directing and i directed my first play at 19 so i was really into directing um big time for a long time and teaching and directing. So most of my career, really, a, a big proportion of it has been teaching and directing because I ran a drama school in UK for many years. Oh, wow. um, it, um, that was run by the president was Dame Judi Dench. I was oh, the wow. head of acting and Dame Judi Dench was the president. Yeah, that was I was the head of acting, the head of postgraduate courses for seven years, head of the whole uh, acting department for another seven years. So so I was like 14 years running those BA and MA programs over there. Um, and so I was really heavy into education and drama education, particularly theater, though. So it was yeah. my background was mostly in theater. In UK, you know, I did some film and tv work it it was not that huge for my age i don't have a huge uh as it were a resume you know Mm -hmm. as they could say cv over there a resume um up to a certain point because i left acting for 16 17 years yeah while my kids were growing up because i didn't want to gallivant all over the country doing gigs you know for not much money and i just thought i need to i need to have a steady work of teaching you know full-time teaching and once they got into college and went to college uh i thought well i could go back into it that's when i went back into acting so yeah i've got a gap in my you know well i mean my career it's good reason i mean which i'm happy about yeah to be honest i'm very Mm -hmm. happy about it because i'm glad that i spend that time raising my kids and you know paying attention to that so yeah because yeah, if you miss those years you miss them growing up and then you're you know oh can't get yeah those back. absolutely you can't get them back and yeah. you can't get them back yeah so. um i saw um early on in your career you were you had a part in batman <laughs> yeah i saw that on your resume <laughs> yeah. i was like i i, I haven't yeah. i haven't seen the movie in a while but it is one of my favorites and i don't know if i remember you or not right. but i'd have to go back and rewatch right. it i'm a i'm a huge batman uh, fan my uh bathroom's all okay. batmaned out so i <laughs> uh, you, you won't be you won't be very impressed i've only got one line in it <laughs> i've only got one line when i come in i'm bruce wayne's wine steward that's how i'm credited bruce wayne's <laughs> wine steward so uh and i just come in and i ask him if uh, we need to open a few more cases of champagne that's about it <laughs> and that's that's in that hall of uh you know with the armors uh, all the suits of armor and that yeah. big hall if you remember that scene that's where i come in but the story behind that is hysterical because i was in london and i was at the time i think i was teaching and um suddenly my agent said uh well i've got you this meeting with uh marion doherty and that was quite impressive because i thought oh my goodness marion Do- marion doherty was the head of casting at Warner Brothers for endless number of years, you know, yeah. um, and it, they even have made a film about her 
called uh, Casting By, which is all about her career, you know, which is a documentary film which is very successful. Anyway, so I was yeah. very impressed. Oh, my goodness, I'm going to be seen by Marion Doherty. I was in my 20s, <laughs> um, uh, the mid-20s or something. And then I uh, so I went to her office at Warner Brothers. We had a conversation. She was from Pennsylvania, so we had a chat about <laughs> Pennsylvania and Pitt. Pittsburgh Steelers and you know and uh, I didn't even do a reading or anything like that it was just we got on just having a conversation and she was very sweet and I don't think you know there wasn't a part for me I think she just liked me and she thought I'll just give him something <laughs> I really I really truly truly think that was kind of a mercy call or something she she just thought hey I like this kid let's just give him this one line or something <laughs> And uh, I'm pretty sure that's what it was because it just didn't make sense. I just came in and asked this question when I, I thought that doesn't help the story or anything, you know. <laughs> and and I was so nervous. I was so nervous because I had never done anything of that scale, and I'd never actually encountered stars that big. And suddenly, I'm like in makeup with uh, Michael Keaton, you know, <laughs> and I'm like. And I see Jack Nicholson, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, there's Jack Nicholson, there's Michael King. I mean, you know, and um, so um, so it was it was nerve wracking. But, yeah. hey, <laughs> it was, it's, it's, it's a good thing to have on your resume. I mean, yeah. it, it, it does pop up. It yeah, comes up. I know. I know. I, I love the fact that I'm credits. It's, it's fine. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's nice to be on there. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was looking at for. your uh, Internet movie database and saw that and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I know, um, yeah. Uh, ancient. Yeah, that was the first one. <laughs> but I'm telling you, the set was the the most inspiring part of that was actually seeing the set at Pinewood because it was from the front as you went into it. It was Gotham City. It, it, it was humongous. I'd never seen a set that big. It was very tall. It was very high up because I had to have the high rises and everything. You know, it was it was unbelievable. And I remember at the time it was costing them sixty thousand pounds a week to maintain it. Oh wow! <laughs> there was just a maintenance cost, just the That's security crazy. maintenance, and and we're going back to 1988. Yeah, know? so that so it's not insane. Yeah. I don't know. Um, how uh, when you when you got back into um acting um, I mean mm -hmm. I, I might want to talk to you a little bit about the uh the uh, teaching sure. as well, but uh, what how did you uh, get back in? Like what uh. What drew you back in? Right. Well, that was that was the scary part because you know if you've been away from it uh, for sixteen, seventeen years, you've been just directing many theater and stuff, and suddenly you're trying to get back into acting, particularly for in a in a medium you're not terribly comfortable with, which is film and television. It wasn't my medium at all, and um, so I thought, oh, what the hell? I've got nothing to lose. I when I um, I had a period when I had to sort of the transition period from moving from UK to, to Los Angeles. That's when uh, I got an agent in UK for that, like it was a six month period. She got me two jobs, two gigs in that period. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I still remember how to do this. <laughs> so that was kind of a bit of an encouragement. It was a bit, I mean, it was small jobs. One was a commercial and the other one was, you know, a small, uh, small job. But, but I thought, oh, okay, at least I kind of, I'm, getting it I, I still can get the jobs and when I came to LA I had to start from of course kind of scratched again in a way because nobody knew me here I had to go and get an agent get a manager and get a manager first and get an agent and so went through that whole process you know and go through a lot of auditions and just what I realized was that 
it was a little bit different. The expectations were different. The system was different. Obviously, auditioning for film and TV totally different than theater. So that that took in a different genres auditioning for it. So I had to kind of, although intellectually you understand this stuff because you teach it, I had to in practice work on it a lot. Um, and uh, after like a, I would say six six months, seven months, I got my first independent film, and that was that was fun. I just thought, oh, this is great. It was an independent film. Had a good part in it. It was a good uh, second lead, and that was fantastic. It was um, uh, stepping high, um, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then from then, it just kind of picked up. I got <laughs> NCIS LA, you know, guest starring in NCIS LA, and that just kind of gradually picked up. Uh, and as the casting directors get to know you, and the industry gets to kind of get familiar with you but la has been very kind to me i have to say i'm very very grateful because to start to restart a career at 50 is insane (laughs) (laughs) which is what i had to do which is what i did but uh, so i'm very lucky and very grateful that's awesome uh when you were uh when you were like teaching uh what would um what was like the best advice you were able to give to like your students about acting uh well, the, one of the best advice is that, you know, all the training that they do, uh, it will not kick into uh, into fruition uh, unless they actually understand uh, the applied part of it, which is when they go literally into the audition room and they go into a rehearsal room and they're working with directors. So I used to kind of reverse engineer a lot of the teaching, you know, to go back from because sometimes people teach theoretically. And what happens is. Uh, you learn a lot of things, but you have no idea how to apply it. Yeah. And in the real world, in the real world, it's just theoretical. It doesn't work for you, you know. So I work it the other way around. And um, and so the best advice was that if you don't learn how to be very relaxed and confident when you're working and know that you are the best version of that character at that moment, that's the way you need to think that this is it. I, this is the way it should be done. Even when you go into the audition room, that you're not auditioning, you're showing them how it's done. You're showing them in rehearsal or in a production. You're actually doing the performance, basically. You know, you're performing right now. This is it. This is your performance. That's what you go in. And that's your audience, and you're taking care of them. They're not judges. They're not sitting there in judgment in your audition. Although they are, you need to have that mindset, you see. If you don't have that mindset, somehow you're diminished. There is no way you can bring in all your resources and tap into all your resources, and particularly creative resources, because you're too uptight. You're too worried. You, you're worried about the results. Uh, if you feel that the results are already done, you've got the job, this is your performance, you will always do better. You may not get the job, but you will, mm-hmm. over the long run, you will always, always do better. Did you... So, uh... Did you do much uh, acting on stage yourself then too, or yeah, 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 yeah? I did. I did a lot of yeah. I did a lot of bit of directing and a lot of acting on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. over <laughs> here and in and in uh, and in UK as well. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, did quite a bit of that. I think um, um, there's something cool about theater where you have the instant gratification of the audience like reacting to your thing. I mean, I yeah. I, I used to do theater. I for years but i haven't done it in probably about 10 years or so but yeah oh wow did you yeah, yeah. so you you know exactly that buzz and yeah that, and and also you know how the rehearsal process <clears throat> is different uh i feel that you're a lot more in control of your performance once you're on you're on that's the version the audience mm-hmm. is going to see that night yeah. you know you're not going to have 10 
uh, five different takes or ten different takes where the editor picks the what the performance that they feel is right or the you know what I mean yeah. you are you're on stage who's going to mm-hmm. stop you you can do what you want and there's a <clears throat> there's an empowerment in that I I kind of like that I, I, and I'm sure you felt that when you were doing it oh yeah and it's like every performance is its own thing even of the same show each one's different absolutely yeah right everyone yeah. is different in its own way it's got its own yeah character in there yeah, yeah true um did you have any sure. good any questions here matt that you wanted to ask before i move on <laughs> to uh, more questions well, i just kind of wanted to touch i just kind of wanted to touch on what you just said a little bit a few minutes ago about like sure. just um feeling like you're doing a performance not an audition because like yeah. just from like a sort of anecdote i've had like just like a very like minimal number of short roles and like some you know indie films and uh-huh. i don't even i don't even view myself as an actor and so right. like for me it was just i it, there was really no pressure and i just 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 do the delivery and it wasn't like i wasn't like Good. shaking and like you know stuff like that right and i'm sure you were much better than some people that were like really trained actors that you know highly trained they were worried if somebody right, like yeah. you worried <laughs> They're not going to be any good. They're just going to look, do you know what I mean? They're just going to look terrible because, um, but you probably came across really natural and comfortable. Yeah, because I was. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm yeah. not an actor. So, like, um. <laughs> it's great. So, I, and I think it's a, it's, a, it's a very odd thing because, you know, it all depends on the genre as well. And this is the difficulty because, you know, with certain genre, because people think actors, is all the same but you work with procedurals and stay different than gritty real shows you know um, because you, there is natural behavior and then there is comedic performance and then there is character based performances highly character based performances eccentric character but you know there's uh, and procedurals have like a different rhythm and different sitcoms a different rhythm so those little nuances to get used to those nuances is the tricky part a lot of times yeah yeah so uh what uh what was like the first uh bigger role that you did after you got back into acting i know you were on like scorpion and some other things for a little uh, while yeah no I, th- I think the first big one was actually well uh when i got back into that it was that partly that uh well in terms of circulation i would say the guest starring on ncis la okay. that was that was big yeah because yeah, it was a good it was uh, i was in it all the way through the episode the, the the central core of the emotional story was my character so that was great and it was work was fantastic working with those guys. It's it great. Yeah. And uh, uh, working on a procedural, you said, is different than like a sitcom or anything like that. Uh, what's the yeah. what would you say is like the major difference? Like the is it just this? Well, well, sitcoms have a particular rhythm that you need to be aware of, you know, that that the, the comedic timing needs to be maintained. And it, this is like a short version of an answer uh, yeah. without getting into it too but much. Yeah. You know what I mean, because you got a lot of techniques in comedy, like reversals, change of tone, you know what I mean? Yeah. And people don't notice what goes into it, but what makes something funny, a lot more goes into it than what people think. And I know sometimes mm-hmm. it happens naturally with actors, but that's a result of a lot of stuff they've accumulated in terms of technique. You know what I'm saying? Technique yeah. disappears when you know it, right? You mm-hmm. don't think of it as technique. It just <laughs> happens. And they think, oh, so-and-so's got good timing. Yeah, but that person's worked on that timing, maybe, <laughs> you know, for a long time. It didn't just happen. You know? Yeah. And uh, 
So, uh, so th there is that with the sitcoms. Procedurals tend to be, again, depending on what role you've got. Like if you've got a guest starring, okay, so perhaps the emotional core of the story is your responsibility to a certain extent. But if you're, uh, if you're co-starring, if you're guest starring, that's the emotion. If you're co-starring, you're not. If you're co-starring, you're a tangent storyline. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an offshoot and, and so you don't want to be, you want to deliver and move on. You want to deliver the story. It's about storytelling at a certain pace. Not, it's, a not, it's not all about you. <laughs> uh, so if you become very indulgent as an actor, if you see what I mean, and you, you shift the focus of the whole story, which you can't do. So you want to know, I think one of the things is just knowing exactly what the job is. I always tell the students, it's, it's almost like, getting um somebody in to do some job for you in your house you know you're gonna get a plumber in or something um you don't want a plumber coming in and doing more plumbing than necessary you know what i'm saying <laughs> you don't want him to put a bathroom in every room that's not the case you want him <laughs> to know what the job is so you gain more confidence in that plumber if they come in a professional one would come in and they will assess what the job is before they tell you you know, mm -hmm. how much it costs and what equipment before they decide how much it costs and how much equipment they need and what technique they need to use. You see, whereas an amateur, enthusiastic amateur plumber, as an amateur, enthusiastic actor, will come in and wants to do all of it. You know, <laughs> oh, great, I'm going to do this and I'm going to build that for you and I'll do, and then eventually they'll mess it up anyway. You know, everything will leak and you got disaster and, you know. So I think that's the difference between, because bottom line is that when you're actually in the profession, uh, we all know um, time is money and you have to deliver, regardless of how you feel about the artistic merit of what you're doing, that's your sacrament. You just got to deal with that. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear about that. You, you got to, and sometimes you have time to deal with it. Sometimes you don't, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you kick yourself, you watch, you watch something you did and you think, Oh my goodness. I hope people know. I know better than that. I'm not that bad. Honestly, <laughs> I know better. I know better, but I just didn't have, there was no opportunity because they gave me a line last minute. I had no time to rehearse. We had, we were short on time in terms of the takes, you know what I'm saying? And I wasn't a, I wasn't the lead. So I couldn't actually afford to require more takes, Yeah, which is also one of the difficulties as you all know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? Because they shoot you first a lot of times. You see, the lower you are in the ranking, the you go first and you get less takes. <laughs> so so your performance can somewhat suffer. It's not an excuse, but it's a reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's face it. That does happen. Um, we, anyway, I don't know if I answered your question. Oh, no, that, that I, was – Veered off. That was perfect. I went off on a tangent. <laughs> so, I mean, ba basically, I think, I think you know, the, the main thing is, is you got to have focus on what you're doing and not try to draw away from the focus of the story. Absolutely. In a way. Yeah. To, and, yeah. And know exactly what you need to deliver. You yeah. know, I think a lot of times is people do too much. They, they, they want to do too much. They want to show off and do too much. And it's like, no, serve the material, serve the story and serve the text. You know, serve what the writer is trying to do here. It's it's really not about you. It's about the whole story. And if you take that into consideration, I think you'll you come across better. You serve serve the story better. Yeah, I mean, you can tell when somebody's trying to make it all about them, and it shouldn't be. Yeah. You know, sometimes the over the top performances or or sometimes it can get annoying. Yeah, I know. Like they're in a different. Yeah, I mean, tone. I, I yeah. 
Absolutely. I worry about that, my performance, all the time because I think sometimes it is over the top with Said, but, you know, yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to judge it, you know, from performance to performance. It varies, you know. That's the, that's the honest truth of it. <laughs> See, um, yeah, that's the other thing. Back to that. Uh, we, uh, we used to host uh, – we're, we're maybe getting back into it eventually, but we used to host a Superstore podcast as well on top of this one. And, oh, wow. um, yeah, we, right. we were going episode by episode, but then we kind of fell behind. So we, uh, we're only in like the second season. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, wow. be- before you came in, so, <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, way before. Yeah. I came in season four. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. How did you, uh, how did you get the role of Saeed on there? Oh, uh, that's the funniest thing because it was so, like, you know, you go to auditions that mm-hmm. you, um, oh, you have two, three, four callbacks you have the producer session you have this that and the other you know you're stressing you oh i really want it do i get it not this was literally the day before uh, my agent said oh you got an audition tomorrow i said oh i've got classes i'll go in between my classes i literally went between my classes um and um i went uh to the audition and it was um sides from like uh not the first episode i was supposed to do but three episodes down it was the sides were the one uh with a prayer when i do the prayer and and she's pumping milk and yeah. i'm doing it when amy is pumping <laughs> and, and i'm praying yeah i pump while he prays that one yeah <laughs> and uh, that's a good one <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah yeah and so that was the one i auditioned for and uh that was it there was no callback i i just went back home they called and they said you got it but it was a possible recurring yeah it was a possible recurring mm-hmm. and i think um i only had one line and when i went on set and i did that one line they laughed and then the writers came over and they gave me another line right there and i did that one they liked it and um i got the feeling oh okay this possible recurring it seems like they like what i'm doing and, and lo and behold they called me back again said recurring recurring and then i've done now 40 episodes wow so uh, to, as of today as of today 40 episodes yeah wow. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, um, oh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of, speaking of like how you're talking about like showing off and delivery, like one of my favorite moments in that episode is where you just walk by Amy and you just point to like your prayer rug, like to, to signal that it's time for her to like pump. And it's just like, it, it was oh, very subtle. Yeah. It wasn't like, it, 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 it was like, like, you know, it's that time, Amy. Yeah, it's that time, Amy. That yeah. one. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of like, you kind of like point to the prayer rug, and then she's like, oh, well, I pumpy praise the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that was that was hysterical. That was funny. Um, that was funny. So uh, speaking of Amy, um, America left the show recently. Um, is that yes. changing the changing the way the set is or anything or? Uh, well, everybody's obviously everybody's very very sad to see her leave. She'll yeah. be sorely missed. You know what I mean? She was a she's was, she was a wonderful uh, wonderful lady. She's a she's a force of nature. Yeah. Well, what she gets done is unbelievable to me. She is she really is a force of nature. I mean, she's politically active, socially active, uh, lots of lots of causes. She's always involved. She's a mother of two kids. You know, she runs a family mm-hmm. and she, she runs the show. She's executive producer and. She directed some shows and she's acting in it. So <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. But, you know, and uh, she was lovely. So so it, it's, we miss that. Obviously, we miss a, a lot of things about her. But people have been very good to keep uh, keep everything going. The set's been 
it's it's been a very very happy set obviously with the pandemic situation covid um we had something like a 54 page procedural document on the changes oh wow at universal in terms of production <laughs> oh yeah and we had an hour seminar we had an hour seminar to go through those 54 page document mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 you know four, four pages and um i get tested every day oh wow even if i'm not working even if I'm not working, I oh. get tested every day. Yeah. Oh, I just, I have to go to the studio, get tested and come back. And even if I'm not working on that day, mm. um, uh, yeah, we get uh, the temperature checked twice a day, tested every day. So that's, that's different. And, and there's a lot of, um, visors and masks and distancing and all of that stuff, of course. So yes, it has on that score, it's changed quite a bit. Uh, but people are dealing with it. And I think the writers are doing an amazing job coping with it, to be honest with you. They have uh, decided on, we've decided on masked and unmasked areas uh, for filming purposes only, not when we're off yeah. camera. Off camera, it's all masked. But when mm-hmm. um, the, the, the camera is on, because we have distance, it's set up so we have distance. And because we're all tested literally every day, uh, we take the masks off and that's only in like, let's say the break room situations or when it's not around customers, of course. So those have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but the writers are doing, I thought they had so much, uh, I thought it was a lot of pressure on them for the first two episodes, to be honest, because uh, coming back, yeah. uh, I mean, look at the changes they had to deal with, you know, there was that passage of time thing. And then there was, um, Amy's character, you know, Amy leaving, you know, uh, America leaving. And then there was the pandemic, right? (laughs) Uh, It was just way, 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 way too much, you know. Uh, But I think they did a great job trying to address it personally. Yeah, I I think it's good that they that they address it in the show. Because if if yeah. it would have ignored it, it would have felt weird on that show. I think. I think yeah. so. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. So I think they were they were also struggling with that, or trying to think. Oh, do we do we do it? So they had to. They had to address it, and it's mm-hmm. good because now it's done. You know, so we yeah. can get back on on track. Yeah. I mean, especially on yeah. a show where the characters are essential workers in uh you know right. in the world. So you yeah. know, yeah. I I work at a Walmart. Absolutely. I work at a Walmart myself. So I uh-huh. Uh-huh. I've been there for ten years right. ten years. So that's probably right. one of the reasons I relate to the show pretty well, even <laughs> though I don't really deal with customers because I work at night. But um right. and so when we're closed most of the time. But uh the uh right. but but it but it's pretty accurate to the way that the life of a superstore in the real world is, which I think is a wow, good way that's to, good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, and, that's what people are saying because yeah. that's the difficulty because they have to keep it accurate, but nevertheless, it's comedy, so it needs yeah. to be. You know, it's all of those little elements, all those uh, little quirks that we all have, has to be highlighted a little bit more. You know, otherwise, yeah. it won't stand out. It won't be funny. So it's um yeah, it's true. I mean, it uh, it's true. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> No, no, no. I was going to yeah. say they do pick up. They're really, I think they're really acutely aware of a lot of, lot of tiny little issues that mm. come to the surface in those sort of places, you know, and just socially. So they, they're constantly addressing very topical stuff, aren't they? Yeah, the I, writers. I think, um, I think the one of the one of the great things too about the show is the diversity of the cast of characters on there too. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's rare to see. I mean, it's starting to get a little bit better with shows like like that and like Brooklyn Nine Nine and other shows that actually have a diverse right. cast. But it's it's yeah. 
it's good to see now that TV's starting to go that direction because most of the time it was people that, you know, look like me. But, um, <laughs> you know, white guys. <laughs> that was it. So, yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad that. No, no, yeah. I mean, it's. It's yeah. good. I mean, one way or the other. I yeah. think the important the balance is always important. I think it's the balance. You can go too far one way or the other, but I think the balance is and, important. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I feel. And with and with Superstore, yeah. I mean, it's 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 very realistic in the fact that you know you don't have, you know, and, and no, nobody's a, nobody's really a stereotype either, which is good too. Which I I love about that about the writing and oh good yeah good 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 yeah. yeah oh good that's good to hear as well that's good to hear that's good to hear that's great. <clears throat> Hello, I'm Tom. And I'm Brian. Hosts of Be Hero Fights. Home of the greatest debate of our time. We tackle the tough topics such as... Fortnite vs. Call of Duty. McDonald's vs. Burger King. John Wick vs... Wait, is, is that really fair? Nevertheless, join us weekly on Spotify, Apple, Google, and pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. And hear the madness ensue. And as always, fight on. Hi, folks. This is Michael E. Cullen II from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with manager Matthew Haas. You got promoted? Yes. Damn it. Okay. Anyways, um, folks, uh, do you like the show Superstore? I don't know. I asked the folks and nobody's answering well, me. Because they're not here. Oh, but we love damn it. it. Yeah, we love it, though. Okay, folks, if you like it. As much as we do, you're really going to like the Super Story podcast, which is a podcast where Matthew and I go uh, episode by episode and give our little opinions and thoughts on it. Uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, just depends on how we're feeling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so if you like this podcast and like our little crazy banter, then you should definitely check this out. Or I might get sad. And when I get sad, it gets pretty sad. So I can't deal with him when he's sad. Yeah, no one can really. So um, yeah. So, so check out a uh, Super Story podcast right here where you get this podcast, Super Story podcast. So you uh, you said you grew up in uh, Tehran. Um, how was yeah. yeah? When when you uh, when you left, was it was it um, under good circumstances or bad circumstances or anything like that? I was just wondering. Good question. It yeah. was it was it was starting to go a little bit crazy. Yeah, it was starting to go a little bit crazy, and it's bizarre that at that age I kind of picked up stuff, and I thought, uh, you know what, this I don't see my future like being able to survive here like this. You know, I don't see my future here. And uh, my my uncle was already uh, a doctor in Pennsylvania, uh, so I didn't leave with my parents. My parents still stayed. This was when I left. It was before the revolution. So, uh, but my parents stayed, and so I was the only one. And then they said, like, you know, so I left, and then I lived with my uncle when I went to high school in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a doctor there, a radiologist, and so I, I stayed with him. Um, but he, uh, yeah, so I, then, then the revolution happened, which was horrific for everybody. And my parents were there during that time, and then they had to get out. Well, well, the, my dad had to send the rest of my family out while he was still dealing with stuff. Um, and then uh, he he managed to come over to States a couple of times. And then the last time he went back, they wouldn't let him leave. Mm. And he got stuck there. Uh, mm-hmm. He got stuck there and he got stuck there for 12 years before 
he passed away so we mm. couldn't see him the last 12 years mm. of his life oh, none of wow. us because i couldn't go yeah. back because i was i wasn't allowed to go back they would take me straight because i was the firstborn, and they had problems beef with him the new government <laughs> you know for no reason <laughs> apart from the fact that he was uh, a policeman in the previous government you know mm. he was in the national but he wasn't political at all he was mm. just in the national garden he was also mm -hmm. he had some business you know but there was nothing you know so anyway 12 but it happened to a lot of people we were still one of the luckiest because a lot mm -hmm. of his friends were just literally like i know he had friends where he'd gone to dinner with them the two brothers mm -hmm. there were two brothers he they were his friends he went to dinner with them everything was fine the next morning he heard they'd been taken out and shot oh wow like they were like that there were summary executions mm -hmm. happening all the mm -hmm. time so we were freaked out for, for, and then, but 12 years of waiting for him to be able to get out, they never let him out, and he passed mm. away, bless him. So that was a traumatic moment in um, my family's life, a big, big, big traumatic moment. But everybody was touched by that. However, you realize the value of democracy when you go through that stuff. I, I voted my first American elections, to be honest, this year. <laughs> oh, wow. This was my first voting. Oh, yeah, because I was in a UK pass. <laughs> I was yeah. on a UK passport. I only went on American passport last year. I was on a UK passport, you know, and mm. always had American residency, but like, you know, UK mm. passport. Um, so, um, so that was kind of exciting. Uh, and, and just to defend it, I don't think people realize the value of it until they've been under a, a government like I was for those 13, right. 14 years where you feel like, oh my goodness, like you can be taken out and shot anytime. Right. Just because you said the wrong thing, just because you're holding the wrong book, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, and it happens all over the world. And people get mm -hmm. very, you know, they get very comfortable in the West, and they're just like, oh, everything is good, and we can mess around. No, you can't. You've got to take mm -hmm. democracy uh, mm -hmm. and, and uh, the, the, the people's referendum very, very, very yeah. seriously. It's yeah. So, so many people have fought so hard for it. Sorry, I know I get. Oh no, no, go ahead. Because I've, I've I've lived through the opposite. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've lived through, yeah. and my family has lived through it. And you know, um, I mean, the rest of my family. It took them five years to get out. So I didn't. Mm -hmm. so, you know, it took a long time. But anyway, yeah, because we have a lot of friends so, from from Iran, and they've told us, you know, pretty much the same similar stories, same, similar stories. Like we had one friend uh, who she she got out, and then. Um, Someone had, um, I guess, seized the, her and her husband's home. I, don't, I think they just took the home. They just, what, what's the word? Um, oh, yeah. Re, they did that with my dad's house. The word, they use a fancy word for it. It's basically just stealing the home, but they re yeah. something. I can't think of the word right now. But um, I know, I know exactly. Re requisitioned or re requisitioned or re. Yeah. And yeah. Um, someone had um, found out, I guess, their phone number in the United States and then called them from that home or something like that and then i think the government found out about that and they were like trying to like almost like spy on them from iran to their new home in america so it's like like even out oh, yeah. of the country they're trying to harass them like yeah <clears throat> oh they had their tentacles their tentacles reached far and wide um they've killed people outside the mm -hmm. country they've assassinated people outside the country it's pretty yeah they're pretty Sad. scary they're pretty scary and uh, th those stories, yeah, they exist. It's absolutely true. Yeah. And they took they took my dad's house away, our family mm. house. They uh, he built it himself. Mm. They took it away. They just took it. They took everything. Yeah, yeah. Cause uh, I, I, it's uh, as simple as that. Yeah, about yeah. <laughs> about about twenty years ago, I became I became a Baha'i, 
So I. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So oh, wow. so that's how we know a lot yeah, of uh, Iranian people. And um, sure, sure. So yeah, it's. Uh, some of the stories I, I did a yeah. uh, I did a folklore paper on the history of uh, a lot of Baha'is coming from Iran back when I was in college. Did you? It, yeah, it was, oh, how it was really interesting. Oh, yeah. brilliant! Oh, yeah. I bet it so, is. Yeah, I bet it's it is. Just sad. Some of the stories, oh, wow. though, where they had to yeah. escape as a child and go all all around the world to finally get to where they landed and ended up. Yeah. So difficult. Yeah. So many people were so badly treated. Yeah. Awful. Yeah, awful. Yeah, Baha'is were were really badly treated. Oh well, yeah, I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure they still uh, are, unfortunately, and so are a lot of people there, unfortunately. And hopefully things yeah. get better. But yeah, I mean, it's hopefully, it is what yeah. it is, unfortunately. <laughs> and just we got to be yeah. glad we live in a country where we can vote, and you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, people should yeah realize. Um, you got some. Not to get too political, but you just yeah, you know, I've started to notice these these people who are trying to intimidate people. It reminds me of the stuff I see on the news from quote third world countries, like you know yeah. the cars and the caravans and the flags and the people with guns, like really meant to right. intimidate you, like saying like you can't live the way you want to live. Like we're going to decide for you. I you know. know. I know <laughs> that's not the democratic way, is it? It really isn't. No. It's, I think if people just chill. And I mean, I do think both sides have to see one another's points. I mm -hmm. do think there's a lot of disenfranchisement on the part of people. And that's what happens. They, they turn, they become more reactionary. I mm -hmm. think people, when they're disenfranchised, you know, it's almost like revenge, right? Mm -hmm. So they lose sense of, uh, sense of balance and, 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 uh, uh basically logic, right? Because they're, they're, they're acting emotionally, purely emotionally. Um, and then all hell breaks loose when that happens, of course. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, we just gotta gotta realize we all bleed the same color, and we all kind of, you know, we all are we're all human. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We all bleed red. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, back to Superstore really quick. Um, how uh, how great is it to work with such a like great? talented cast of uh comedians and actors you know it, it really is one of the things i, I always mm -hmm. enjoy is learning from other people like even when i was teaching i learned from the students that would do something it's like oh this is great i'm learning from you guys as well mm -hmm. and um and so i love it it's such a great learning experience for me because they all have their very distinctive personalities um they're all extremely <coughs> friendly they're very well they're always very welcoming and friendly so it's wonderful it's very much of a family atmosphere, and they are uh, they all come from very eclectic backgrounds and and so <laughs> super talented. It's wonderful. I mean, they're all really really funny, and uh, and and some are great improvisers, uh, uh, and so you have a lot of great laughs in between scenes as well. <laughs> I'm not one of those people. I'm not by nature. I'm not funny. Do you know what I mean? But I don't think. <laughs> but. <laughs> Some people, <laughs> but some of them are actually hysterically funny, you know, it, yeah. off character. They're very funny. So that's always fun. That's really fun. Yeah, I think, yeah, you know, like it's a lot of fun. Like Lauren Ash and other people are just really, I mean, talented. She I, is, I saw her years ago oh. before she was ever on TV at Second City up in Toronto. And oh, was, right. she yeah, was yeah. she was great up there. And then I Super, forgot I saw her yeah. and then I saw her on TV and realized it was the same woman. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
but yeah. <laughs> she is such a pro. Lauren is such a uh, Lauren Ash is such a pro. She really is. And again, she does a lot of things. She had her own podcast during the pandemic. She's doing. <laughs> uh, she was doing lots of stuff, and um, and she also writes. She's she's uh, you know she's written uh, the odd episode. I think Lauren. Yeah, she has. Yeah. She's written some of the episodes in the past. Uh, so she's a good writer. She's she's very very good. She's so professional and she's so on it. Um, amazing, amazing. Very, very good. She's very fast with processing things and, uh, you know, on set, like such a good problem solver, you know, in terms of the work and, 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 and processing direction. So very impressive. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're all really oh, yeah, they, good. Yeah. Um, it's a very talented cast. Um, I, I think, uh, I do. I, I do think you are funny, though, on there, definitely. So, yeah, just letting you know, you are funny. So, I mean, thank you. The character. I mean, it, 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 in person, I, you know, as, yeah. as a regular person. I'm, yeah, but, <laughs> no, no, Saeed is uh, like thank I. You. Uh, I told. I told. Saeed a, is funny. Maybe. I told a friend. I told a friend of mine that I was interviewing you, and they said that that you're like their favorite character on the show and i was like really oh, wow that's, that's cool sweet. yeah so yeah wow, she, she was cool. she's that's like really she's like saeed's so funny and i'm like oh yeah yes he <laughs> he's really funny yeah that's cool. that's very i appreciate it. it surprises me sometimes but i appreciate it it's yeah. great. hey folks this is uh michael e cullen the second um from the podcast that you're listening to right now along with matthew haas we just wanted to tell you about our great great podcast super. called super it's called all too real. And on that show, what, what do we do, Matt? We, we watch biopics and then we talk about whether or not the movie matched up with the real story or not. So we, it was we, a lot we, more exciting than that, though. Yeah. So, 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 so we, we analyze the real story and the real story. Get it? Get it? Real. You know? Yeah. They're spelled differently, yeah. folks. You can guess which one I said which way. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, so, uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, but we, uh, talk about great, sh- great, uh, great movies like, uh, Shattered Glass yes. and The Social Network and, uh, a futile and stupid gesture, among others. Um, those are some of the ones that we've covered so far, and uh, we're going to cover a lot more. So uh, please uh, subscribe on Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you uh, find your great, fun podcasts. And be sure to share it with your friends. Do it. Do it. Do it. And make sure you're not afraid to get all too, too real. Bye bye. Do you have dreams that you want to achieve but are scared to do so due to self-doubt, fear, and other people's criticism? I have just what you need. You need a dose of the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast where I interview guests that will motivate and inspire you to stop at nothing to achieve your dreams. And always remember, if you believe, you can achieve. Have you ever had uh, in your career any kind of challenge like where you felt like you weren't going to be able to make it in any way or anything? And yep. how, how did, you, yep. how did yep. you overcome that? <laughs> well, I'll tell you this one. OK, I'll tell you this story. And um uh, I tell you, I've, I've told this to students because I told them never, ever, ever to do it. 
like ever uh, to do this. Like, just like, never, no matter what, even if somebody holds a knife to your throat, just don't do it. It's too painful. Don't do this. So um, this is what happened. This was, I uh, was much younger. It was my late twenties. And uh, I went to a commercial audition in UK, but it was for a, uh, uh, it was for a uh, Saudi, very expensive Kuwait Saudi bank. It was a Kuwait, yeah, I think Kuwait. Sorry, Bank of Kuwait. Yeah. So you know, so it was. They were trying to advertise their um, uh, card. You know, their mm. their debit card for the ATM machine, right? Uh, and so, but this was being filmed in Manchester, in UK, right? Mm. So I go to the audition. Now, uh, get this, I don't, I, I've studied Arabic, but I've only studied Arabic as in the way you might have studied Spanish. Uh, if you did take Spanish in yeah. high school, did you take Spanish? In high okay. I, I took, I, so, I, but yeah. I don't know. You may be good. You may be, you may be a good Spanish speaker. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Okay. So I guess maybe I, that was a good guess. All yeah. right. So, so, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> So I could only just maybe a few words and maybe I could just kind of barely read it, right? That was it. So I go to this audition and uh, I figured it's a commercial. I probably have one line. It'll be fine, right? I will say I can speak Arabic, right? So I go to this audition and they said, can you speak Arabic? I said, yes. And uh, But they had me doing it in English because they had nobody who was Arabic there, right? You know, and uh, but they said, oh, okay, good, you know, and um uh, I got the job. Anyway, I got the job. Uh, I, they fly me up to Manchester. They put me up in a very, very posh hotel. You know, we go to dinner. It's a beautiful dinner, and but it's a dinner and a production meeting for the next day. And I'm looking around, and I don't see any other actors. And I'm like, where are the other actors? They're like, no, you're the only one. I'm like, okay, all right, good. And then... Then they give me the storyboard. They put the storyboard in front of me, right? Okay. Now, obviously, the commercials are much longer than one minute in Kuwait. Okay, <laughs> it's like a it's like a three minute commercial. All right. <laughs> and they put they put a storyboard, and I see, oh, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. Oh, okay. So I'm in every shot, right? And I'm speaking. Okay. Then they give me the script, and it's a full A4 sheet of paper in Arabic. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. The, the equivalent, I would say, of a minute and a half monologue. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I literally, I was having, uh, I think, I, I, this is how precisely I remember this. Uh, we have, I was having this beautiful Chateaubriand because I thought, hey, they're paying for it. <laughs> you know? But as soon as they showed me that, it all went right through me. I mean, I literally felt like I need to go to the bathroom right now. Okay. <laughs> So guys, I I almost shit myself. Really, I did, you know. So I was like, "This is they're gonna they're gonna kill me. They're gonna they're gonna oh oh." On top of that, they showed me the set they had brought. They recreated the whole front of this bank at the studio in Manchester. So they'd spend like. 
tens and tens of thousands. <laughs> you know, it was unbelievable. The set, like this is supposed to be Kuwait, but now it's in Manchester. And I'm just the only person on this commercial. Good, they got a lot of money, those guys. You know that. <laughs> so I thought, that's it. I'm a dead man. I'm a dead man. What do I do? So I uh, I was just like having headaches. I didn't know what to do. I like sweating. Um, I <laughs> recognized that one person at that, uh, production meeting looked Arabic and I pulled him aside and he was there actually luckily enough he was the sound guy as well and I said <laughs> I pulled him aside I pulled him aside and I said look you gotta help me here man like I did this stupid thing and it's wrong I know but I'm in big shit trouble I'm, I'm look I'm just kind of opening up to you here right <laughs> my ass. could you please record this and I will learn it phonetically all night. I'll be up all night. I'll learn it, I swear. I will learn it, but just record it because I don't know what it's saying. And could you please tell me what I'm saying? Because So I sat up. So he wrote it in front of each, like, uh, you know, uh, each caption as you do. And I was, I was up all night. I was up from nine o'clock at night till we stood, the, the shoot was like eight o'clock the next morning. And I learned it. I learned it phonetically. And you know what? I got through the day. We wrapped at five o'clock and nobody said anything. <laughs> and on the way back, I went in the bathroom and threw up, of course. <laughs> and came home and, you know, I just, you know, I said, never, ever, ever am I doing that to myself again. No way. But honestly, I thought it was going to be one line. I didn't know they're going to give me a whole page. Right. A whole a whole documentary about the bank and the history. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I've never, I've never been so. So, if you talk about challenges, that was, that was really yeah. well. That was a challenge, and it was a very, it was a nightmare. Basically, that's what that was. But yeah, I, I know they always wow. say they, they, they say not to lie, but I know everybody does say things like, "Well, I, yeah, I can ride a horse, or I can, uh, you know, no, I, yeah, I can don't, shoot a bow and know, arrow." But people, you know. <laughs> Right? You should. You don't want to be doing that. You do not want to be doing that. I yeah, agree. Then you, get, I agree. Then you get roped into it like, oh, shoot. Um, but what you just said, though, kind of does remind me a little bit about, uh, I guess, sort of like the resilience that is required to be an actor is kind of to basically be in crisis mode and just sort of manage it. And then once it's over, oh. then you grow up. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you, you do. Yeah, it's amazing what they, they what you, you end up doing. I mean, a lot of times I've been, you know, actors in theater, as you know, you're sick, but it's amazing because you could have you could have congestion, but you backstage as soon as you're supposed to go on, it somehow clears up. <laughs> it's weird. You know, it, the adrenaline kicks in and you've got to do it because you know you have to do it. Yeah, it's true. You're right. <laughs> do you uh, do you have any other uh, projects in the works or anything? I mean, I know right now things are probably slowed down because of COVID and everything. Uh, things things slowed down, but you know what? This is the this is the bizarre thing um, that you know. Sometimes it's feast of famine, as you know, as, yeah. as an actor, it's feast of famine. You go through phases where there's no work, and you're like, oh, audition, audition, audition. You don't get them. You get the odd one. And then suddenly, well, while I'm doing this at the moment, believe it or not, there are two other shows that wanted me to do it. <laughs> one, 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 uh, one was another recurring, and uh, another one was just a one-off uh, guest star. But there's mm -hmm. conflict. Oh no! <laughs> well, 
uh, it's a good problem to have, but yeah. isn't that like it's that typical that it's stupid? And the conflict is not when we have time off. The conflict is when the show is <laughs> on because you know we have hiatus periods. We have the the whole of that you know uh, December to January kind of period. But no, these had to be exactly when we're showing when we're filming the show. So unfortunately. That's not going to happen. Uh, it's been it's been a little bit. Auditions have slowed down a bit, but there were there was a spat of auditions that came through, uh, a lot of self tapes, but then some Zoom auditions. <laughs> but guys, oh my goodness, Zoom auditions are problematic a lot of times. That's what I found. I mean, yeah. not a single one has gone without a hitch of some sorts. You know, uh, always some some problem with it, like. Uh, because, you know, especially if you've got a producer session thing with like five, six people are on there. Oh, I can't hear you. Oh, did you hear? Did you catch that? No, I didn't see that. Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, oh do you want to? Okay, we'll come back to you. Oh, we'll put you in the waiting room and we'll put you on deck later. We'll come back to you. I mean, all of that happens, you know, and as if you haven't got, you know, you're auditioning. So, um, you know, when you're in, in the audition room before you go in, you get yourself in the zone and you go in, right? But when you're online... You got to wait on deck. It's like a virtual, you know, <laughs> entrance. And, and if that gets delayed or gets messed up, you're out of the zone, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so it's a little bit, a little bit difficult. Self tapes are, of course, easier because you're more in control. Yeah. Uh, so it's been, it's, it's been tough. It's been rough for, for actors, but it's been rough for casting directors as well. I think mm -hmm. that Zoom auditions because, you know, a number of times once they forgot to tape everybody on that day of auditioning, which was a nightmare for them. Oh, geez, you know, yeah. they had everybody on Zoom. But can you imagine they probably auditioned like 50 people that day, but they didn't tape a single person mm -hmm. that had to do it all over again. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> I won't name names, but, you know, these things happen. <laughs> you know, they do happen. It's the drawbacks of technology. Sometimes you forget one yeah. thing and it's gone. Yeah. Um, the. um. La I, I one of the one of my favorite movies that I've seen recently. You were in uh, Spree. You had a small role in that. that <laughs> okay, wow, yeah, that was that was a that was a Cab that was a trip. That was a great movie. It was <laughs> very unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably that's one of the right. best movies yeah, I've seen in the last year. So <laughs> it's very different, wasn't it? Very yeah. different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was late at night. Yeah, um, it was very late at night. Wait, wait, it was a night shoot. Actually, yeah. it was a night shoot. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, actually, I had fun shooting that. That was fun because uh, the director was very cool, and uh, you know, uh, it was wonderful working with that with a great actor there. And uh, he was, uh, you know, they were all very nice. It was a night shoot, so I got to just drive around while it was uh, one of those. I'm trying to remember Go um, the the cameras GoPro. Oh yeah, it was a Go. It was just a GoPro in the car. That's all it was. So I, w I was actually driving around. I was yeah. so it was a real driving around at night. Um, just kept driving around. A bit of it was part of it was partly improvised. It was just yeah. Yeah, because I mean it was unique. Uh, I mean how every every angle was on a computer or on a GoPro or something like that. It wasn't. Yeah. There was no yes like real cameras. That was kind of cool. No, I, I thought it was very clever. Very yeah. amazing to do that. That's yeah, right. but yeah. I, Highly recommend that movie to anybody that's listening here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. good. Oh, I'm yeah. glad you liked it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, there's yeah, been... I didn't know how it was going to pan out, so I know I had only a tiny little bit in there. Obviously, but, yeah. I'm going to get killed because he drives my car afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> driving my car. Yeah. yeah, but it was, yeah. it was... That's how I found out I've been... That's how I knew I was dead when I watched it, believe it or <laughs> you not. You didn't know before. No, no. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I watched it. I thought, oh, okay, so he killed me. There's the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was an interesting movie. Um, yeah, so... Uh, is there anything that you – there's a question I like to ask people. Is there like any director or actor or anybody that you haven't worked with that you would love to work with? Oh, my goodness. So many. Yeah, a, I'm sure. On, we all have those. I know. <laughs> Just like, so many. You know. <laughs> no, where would you start with that yeah. one? Oh, my goodness. Where would you start? Uh, I know it's a tough question. That's a, <laughs> oh, that is a, that is a tough question. Yeah. Because where would you start with that? Yeah. That, that, that is a tough But Well, you know, obviously. Okay. I, I'll make it easier for you. All the big directors, all the ones that directed all the top, how's that? Yeah. All the directors <laughs> all of them. that directed yeah. that. Uh, or, or even a better answer. Okay, all the directors that directed the big blockbuster films that made the actors a hell of a lot of money, those ones. How's <laughs> yes. that? Yes. That, that's, <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> Spielberg, Lucas. Uh, yeah, all of those, right? No, yeah, so, but there are so yeah. many great actors out there. I think it'd be, a, it'd be, it'd be cool. but you know the the actors I love to work with. That you do get actors. Just as a general answer to that question, um, you do work with actors sometimes, and I will not name names that you feel like, oh my goodness, you really are so competitive <laughs> and so vicious that in a in a in a reverse shot, you know when they do reverse shots, yeah, you know you do you do another one, well that you giving them your all when it's their take and they mm-hmm. don't give you that when it's yours they have a little grimace on the mm-hmm. face a little yeah. lack of focus which throws you mm-hmm. which makes their shot better and i caught on to this years ago and i thought i hate actors like that i really <laughs> can't stand actors that do that <laughs> you know i think it's awful when actors do that uh, and uh but actors that don't do that i mean i did I did something in film which I'm so embarrassed about because I was so horribly bad in it. I was really bad in it. It was it was with the opposite Michael Caine and and you know and and he uh, it was um, and but he was so gracious as an actor and it was big time you know two time Oscar winner. When it was my shot, he actually said, "Look, I'm not going to because you're going to be your eyeline is going to be this corner of the mat box." So I'm not going to look at you. I will look down, but I'll deliver the lines from here and you want to deliver it here. And he was like, it was very early in my career and I hadn't done film and TV, you know. But, and he was just so wonderful. I still appreciated that. I thought, oh, my God, what a wonderful, wonderful man. And this film, it was Michael Caine was in it and Roger Moore, you know, the old sort of um, you know, the James Bond. Yeah. Um, uh, Roger Moore and Michael Caine. And the two of them. And, and I was a totally unknown person coming in doing two lines in a film, right? They came over to me on the set and introduced themselves and said, welcome to the set. Mm-hmm. It blew my mind. Honestly, I was just, I was like, I love these guys because they deserve to be where they are because they're so magnanimous, so generous with their time and their attention and and that's why they are where they're at, regardless of whoever thinks of them, of whatever people think of them as actors. So there is, but then you, you also do get sort of some talented actors that are basically assholes, unfortunately. And I've yeah. seen that as well. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. So 
Actors are like to work with those generous actors where they make you and themselves better because they're mm-hmm. collaborative. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an independent filmmaker myself, and I know that uh, it's a lot better when you have the two actors there, even if the one's off camera to yeah. interact with each other. Oh, because gotcha. it's some, I, uh, oh, absolutely. I had to refilm some lines because we changed some things on this movie that I did, and we had to refilm them four months apart, and the other right. actor was in Chicago, and we couldn't fly him in. And oh, so tough. we had to do yeah. the other guy's side, and it was just, I don't know, every time I watch that scene in the movie, I can tell, but, you know, other people probably can't tell, but I'm just like, right. I feel like, well, oh, you know. I, was like, I was like, I know he's sure. I know he's acting opposite me and another actor, another uh, dir- a producer or something, not the, right. <laughs> not the uh, yeah. actual actor sure. he's talking to. And it, you can tell sure. if you look far enough, but, you know, it's just, it's, I know the... You got to have some kind of because a lot of acting is reacting too. I know that, so mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. a lot of it is reacting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's that's lovely to do. Films, a lot. I mean, films are fun to do. I did yeah. one. Of, I think one of the things that I'm proud of was one that was uh, Breath of Life, which was just a half hour film, so it's considered a short, of yeah. course. Mm-hmm. But it was nominated for a BAFTA. We were nominated oh, for nice. BAFTA, and I, and I played the lead in it, so that was. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that was, I remember when the BAFTAs were on, they were showing it on UK TV all the time, you know, and it was my clip that was going around every night. And I was like really proud of it. But at that time I was so poor, I actually couldn't go to the BAFTA ceremony. The director said, can you go? I did not have enough money to actually, I'm serious about it. I didn't have enough money to buy the tux and, the, and to buy the wine when I'm there because it cost yeah. 50 pounds apparently to buy. And I just did. I literally, I was that poor yeah. at that point. And I, I made an excuse to the director. I said, look, I'm not feeling well. You guys go. <laughs> and, and then I watched it on TV and it's like, but hey, it's the way it is. Well, at least <laughs> you're in a nominated film. I mean, <laughs> that's great. That's what you go through yeah. up and down. Oh, no, I know. I was very thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and the film that won, the, the lead was James Fox, so I didn't feel too bad. James <laughs> Fox is a very famous British actor. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> he was in Gandhi. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. Don't wanna, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, what, uh, no, that's fine. Yeah. You know, where, uh, <laughs> Um, where could people find you online if, if they're interested or anything or what, you know, or anything that, you know, you want to tell anybody before we oh. let you go? Oh, well, they, they're, they're online? Uh, or, or anywhere. Actually, I don't, I, I don't do a website at yeah. all, but well, uh, yeah. uh, as in, I don't do yeah. a website. So they can, whatever I suppose comes on, you know, I put up on Instagram, you okay. know, Instagram at, uh, at that's a Karangi. That's what I'm a Karangi. It's at a Karangi. That's that, it. That, my, my last name. That works. A K O R A N G Y. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Instagram is the one I use. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, mostly. That's cool. Yeah. yeah um, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll cool. be sure to share that in the notes. So if people want to, <laughs> you know, say anything to you after. Wonderful. Yeah. And, uh, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. This was very generous. Yeah. Here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. That's, uh, it's really lovely to meet you both. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, Mike and Matt. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I hope, uh, yeah. Great. Thank you. I yeah. hope that was all right. I hope that's what you wanted. Oh, yeah. And I oh, hope, yes, the, hope the rest of 2020 goes well for you and the future as well. <laughs> so. Same with both of you. Good luck with your careers and, you know, all your interests in films and filmmaking and acting and all that stuff. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Lovely to meet you both. Take care. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye.
Okay, that was our interview with Amir Karangi. Um, that was a great interview there. Um, had a lot of good insight. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, so now that uh, the world is moving on here in 2020 and democracy might not be dead, <laughs> um, I'm hoping the world enjoys it. Um, hopefully things start to get better in the world. Um not going to hold my breath, but, um, yeah. What's on your mind, Matt? What have you been uh, up to lately? Just, um, you know, just been following politics a lot. Um, like, you know, as per usual, um, still working on, you know, still plugging away in all of my music projects. I'm, you know, working on my fifth volume of my music right now and just putting, you know, video clips to it and all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, really, uh, you know, I didn't realize how much um, output you know I I made throughout the you know decades or whatever. It's that you know actually quite astounding. Yeah. Not not to toot my own horn, but just the fact that I didn't realize I actually made that much material because I'm like I'm like okay, I'm on my fifth volume of stuff here. It's still got a bunch more to go through. In um, in the music, do you toot a horn at all? <clears throat> Uh, actually, a couple songs I do have a horn. Um, uh, is it actually, is it your own horn? Yeah, it is actually my own horn. It was my my dad's horn from from band way back. Like, okay, in the 70s. good. So so but, you did toot yeah. your own horn then? Yeah, but a lot, of, a lot of the horn stuff is actually just samples. But yeah, there oh, are okay. a few uh, actual recordings of me tooting a physical horn, if you will. Is it against uh, the law to toot someone else's horn? Um, depends on the state. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the weird outro. Uh, uh, it's okay. Maybe we should cut, we should no, cut that. <laughs> no, no, I think it's good. It's good. You know, we're, okay. we're just so, being us. But anyways, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. And in my world, I've just been uh, watching, you know, Chuck and Superstore and Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> constantly because I like those Be shows. Nine. Those are my like three favorite shows to watch lately. Um, yeah, you know your comfort shows. Yes, watching some com- yeah. Mandalorian, listening to some podcasts about serial killers and stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, your comfort stuff. Yes, yeah. you know, <laughs> Hey, hey, I was listening to the the behind the bastards about the satanic panic. So yeah, me too. I listened to that before, as well. So yeah, and then before the Jordan Peterson episode. So yeah. You know, really lighthearted stuff. And that is something I'll recommend to our, our fans. Nothing like our show, but it's great podcast behind the bastards. Yeah. Um, Robert Evans is awesome. Hopefully we can maybe have him on as a guest someday if he's listening. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anyways, anything else before we uh, wrap things up here, Matt? Uh, you know, just, just be... You know, just be nice to other people. You know, be nice, be kind. Um, you know, uh, the election's over, regardless of what some people say. It's it's over. Um, just uh, you know, if you didn't like who won, oh well. Just you know, be a human being <laughs> and just you know, uh, believe in democracy. I guess it's. I mean, it's very low yeah. stuff here. And I believe mean, in democracy if you're an American citizen. I know it's like the lowest bar possible, but uh, 
And if, if if you're listening to this before December 15th, talking about democracy, our podcast has been nominated for the best podcast um, by the Toledo City Paper. So uh, go on to their website. There'll be a link in the show notes um, and you can vote for us. And you can vote what, every day, right? Every day until December 15th. So can you vote just once a day or can you vote like all the time throughout the day? Oh, once once a day, once a day. OK, OK. Gotcha. Once a day per email. Okay. Got you. Okay, so I'm not telling people to cheat or anything, yeah, but if you have, but if, but if you have several emails and you want to vote for us yeah. several times a day, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. Not what I used to do when I was a member of MP3.com to get more more listens for my my songs. I definitely did not do something like that. So um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um. <laughs> so anyways um. Before we go, make sure you check out our uh, show notes. We've got some links to our Patreon and our uh, uh, T Public page where you can get some uh, cool T-shirts to support us. Um, those are the best ways to do it. Also, you know, share us, rate the show, all that good stuff. I mean, and just remember, it's okay to toot your horn, but if you want to toot somebody else's horn, ask permission first. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at cullenpark.com.